0: One of our goals here on Codename Siren is to not only discuss the inner workings of my investigations and the impact these crimes have on their victims, but to explore the relationships behind the people involved in all aspects of criminal justice. Today, I'll be talking to Chris, our favourite former career criminal, about a subject we've bonded on over the years parenting. We'll take a look at how being raised by a criminal has impacted his daughter's life and the many ups and downs of parenting on the other side of the law. From Storic Media, you're listening to Codename Siren, a true crime podcast with Nina Hobson. know that you absolutely love and adore your daughter as I love and adore my kids but obviously we've talked about being in different worlds and having different experiences and because our worlds are so intense there's got to be some differences around how you bring your kids up and I was the person you know being an ex-cop I was the person who totally protected my kids from everything and didn't want to expose them. And actually a conversation we've had recently being in California and the way that, you know, drugs are legal is still really, really fucking with my brain because I'm so used to being in a world that nothing's okay because I'm a cop and I enforce the law and even now, you know, I panic when the police are behind me and I'm not doing anything like speeding or anything else. So, I just wanted to talk to you about what was it like bringing up a, a child in your world?
1: It was. I mean, the thing is, the one thing I said to her, and your any your parent will agree, is when you become a parent, you don't get a handbook. You make it up as you go along, and yeah, you mean I I've screwed up and. You know, and I tried my best. I tried to be a strict parent and I had a tracker on her, on her phone that she didn't know about and I caught her in certain places. And she, bless her, she has got my personality through and through. So she is a risk taker. She does like to live on the edge. And, you know, even by the way she lives her life now, you can see that. The problem was because I knew what could happen to her. And she'd be like, oh, no, I'll be fine. I'll do this. I'm like, you won't sweetheart." I played. I remember talking to her about her about being attacked. Well, if I'm attacked, I'll stand there and I'll punch him there. I'll kick him. I said, "Sweetheart, it won't happen like that." The reality. And I showed her a video of a woman walking down the street, and this guy comes up behind her, literally smashes this woman's face into a wall uh, and kicks the shit out of her. I said, "That is the reality of how it's going to be." So I try to sort of get rid of that confidence that she had, as in, I could hang about these dangerous places. But then again. I was very, you know, I, I, I tried to be, I was completely honest with my daughter about what I got up to. She, she didn't know the details, but she knew that our life was slightly different to everybody else's. I, oh, Funny enough, I discussed this with her um, yesterday, and little things. I mean, she, she reminded me of one thing. She goes, Dad, do you remember that time when she would have been about 12 and I was taken to school? I said, oh, by the way, sweetheart, um... If I don't pick you up from school tonight, it means I've been arrested. So there's 20 pound, get a taxi home and let yourself in. And then, uh, and it was, for me, that was just a normal, she's like, oh, okay, dad. And she was so blase about things. I remember when she was about, probably about four or five years old, was in this, this cafe eating dinner and I was doing some debt recovery work. And there's a guy that was really pissing me around and I'm on the phone to him and I'm threatening him. And I can remember saying to him, "I'll fucking find you. I'll come down on you like a ton of fucking bricks." And I've literally cleared this calf, and she's just sitting there happily eating her burger and chips. And she was just so blasé about it. But I didn't realise that yeah, other families were actually petrified and you know left the uh, left the premises. So what we thought was normal wasn't
0: right. And and it's so bizarre because what my kids thought were normal was mom keeping the law and you know catching the bad guys and and thought my life was normal and your daughter thinks your life's normal what age do you think she became aware of firstly that dad did something that no one else did or, or it wasn't the norm um and what age did you kind of start to expose her to and I'm going to use very simple terms here to to the the bad world that you were living the world that I protected my kids from when did you let her have an understanding of what you were doing
1: I suppose when she went to senior school at age 11 that's when so she was it was just the two of us living together and that's when she met certain people I was associated with she was fascinated with all these strange people that I would associate with we were in New York and New Jersey she met some associates of mine there I mean, one well, one of the guys she met in New Jersey, he's 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 walked over, gives a big hug, gone off to get us a table at this restaurant, and she just looked at me, she went, He's fucking massive. Um, and you know me, and I'm a big fella. So for her to say that, she was she was um yeah, she was I think then she started to realize that these aren't normal people. So I'd say, yeah, around about sort of eleven years old, she said to me once, this is quite funny, so we never lie to each other. Um, we've always been, and I've, and I've always said, I'll never lie to you. And she must have been about 12 years old. She came down and said, she went, Dad, can I ask you a question? I said, yes, up." She goes, did you rob two banks? And I said, what do you say, two? I'm you've overheard something. She went, oh, nothing. I, just, I said, well, this one, it's not how it looks. Um, I'm not going to lie to you, but can we discuss it another time, please?
0: My kids would have said, you know, are we going horse riding at the weekend? Your daughter asked you if you rob banks. Um, So you admitted your crimes to her. Did you, and and I want to talk more about this because I don't think it's an area that we've covered. I mean, my perception of the police is probably very different to your perception of the police. Um, Did you ever kind of influence her perception of authority because of, did she just pick it up, or did was it something that you would influence as a parent?
1: No, I mean we both know that the police in the UK are not trustworthy. Um, and I know that one hundred percent factual, and you know it because you were part of them. And I think I was very honest, but I wasn't. I would never try and influence her. Uh, um, I mean, the, the the relationship we had, I would like, I would give her enough leeway to make her own decisions. As long as this is complete honesty, and because it was just the two of us, we had complete honesty between us, so she told me everything, I told her everything, and now I mean we're both as we are, we're as close as anything but um but I mean if she turned around to me and said, "Dad, I want to be a police officer," well, I presume i don't because well, i'm um, obviously I'm known, uh, then I don't know if they these days whether they'd let her join anyway but um i don't know how i'd feel in fact if she said that i want to be a cop i think i'd say go for it you know i i would never ever try and put my life onto her she's got as soon as she got to 18 i said you've got your own life path i will never tell you what to do i'll advise you but i'll never tell you what to do you're an adult and one adult can't tell another adult what to do so from from the age of 18 she's on her own life path
0: and what if she came to you and said, Dad, I want to be a bank robber?
1: Then no, no, stay away from that world.
0: Interesting.
1: Yeah, 100% stay away from that world.
0: So that, as a parent, is still the the role that you want to protect her from that world, even though it's what you've known for many, many years and it's what she's known all of her life.
1: Yeah, because he's not. it is not nice people in that world. Yeah, I've done some things that I'm not proud of. Um, and as I, as I said before, you know there were never innocent people or civilians involved. But yeah, I've done some things I'm not proud of. I ruined my daughter's tenth birthday um, with an incident that happened in London. She was there. She this was horrible. She obviously she was screaming her head off. I've got older son fella, and this was actually at a West End um, theatre, a musical. And so we've taken my daughter to a theatre for, for a birthday and it ended up with me slapping one of the bouncers. So it all completely imploded. So, um, yeah, and the, you know, so the world, is, that world is full of not very nice people. Um, I don't have much to do with any people from that world anymore. Um, and I don't want her to.
0: So, just go into a little bit more detail about that incident. So, you remember, obviously, clearly, it was her tenth birthday. Because um, I'm going to have the opportunity to talk to her and ask her about this incident, but I want to hear Dad's version.
1: She loves telling people about this one.
0: Okay, so um, what happened? Where were you? What were you doing? I want to know.
1: Okay, so I was uh, I was training quite heavily at the time, and I was on steroids, and steroids make you act like a cunt. Honestly, they are. Honestly, you're such an idiot when you're on them things. So we've got to this West End musical and we're sitting there. And it's, it's a West End music, Everybody's singing along. And it's the one that my daughter really wanted to see. So we're all singing along. And this woman that works there came down and said, excuse me. I said, yes, yeah, went, could you stop singing? I went, fuck off. <laughs> so then a guy come down, come down who works there. And he's just standing there staring at me. So I got up and said, listen, is there a problem? He went, security has been called. I said, listen, I'm here, you know, my daughter, We went, security has been called. I said, well, fucking make sure there's a lot of them. And then I could feel myself going. Security came down. And I just looked at the biggest one of the lot, grabbed hold of him by the throat. We've then ended up in the main foyer. And I'm just saying to him, get your badge off, get in that alleyway around, around, around the corner and fight me. But... My girlfriend at the time, she was screaming at me. My daughter's crying her eyes out. And the more they're crying and screaming at me, the angrier I'm getting. It was an American guy. and He was just saying, sir, you was asked to stop singing, sir. I said, fight me around the corner. He wouldn't fight me. So then I slapped him one, bitch slapped him. And, um, oh, it's all imploded. And so, yeah, that was my daughter's 10th birthday.
0: Maybe your singing was bad. Maybe that was what the real problem was. I'm, I'm
1: going along with it. Was so good, it was embarrassing the performers, <laughs> and that's what we're going.
0: <laughs> that's your story, and you're sticking with it.
1: My daughter does. Um, she does talk about that one a lot. About and she she laughs about it now, but it was. But at the time, it wasn't funny. And these are the moments that I look back and I cringe. So, so yeah, this is something I wasn't going to talk about it, but I'll tell you. About two or three years ago, I was having a chat with her. And she said about there was so much anger around in her childhood. And I thought, and she was complaining about, you know, you're just so angry at people and there was this and that. And I thought, oh, I've done everything for you. I absolutely changed my whole life, brought you up, took you around the world, done everything for you. But I didn't say anything. I thought about it over the next 48 hours and I thought, no, you're right. When I think back, there were so many incidences like, you know, she's heard me threaten people. um, She's seen me slap people. So I actually said to her, I said, babe, I've just sent you an email. Please read. I sent her a long email saying, um, look, you're 100% right. I hold my hands up. You're completely right. And all I can say is, I'm so, so sorry. I'm not going to come up with any excuses about anything apart from, I'm sorry. I I I wish I could have done it differently. And she went, dad. I oh, had the best childhood ever. She goes, but because you acknowledged it, it's just made it all better. And we've never had to speak about it again. And she was, that, you know, and we're so close. But I think rather than denying it and and arguing the toss, I think owning up to it, owning it and acknowledging it, that kind of made all the difference to her.
0: so there's that question that everybody asks all the time. I mean, is it nurture or nature how she is? And I remember a time, I can't remember, it was probably last year maybe, and you, she got taken somewhere. She didn't do anything wrong. She was taken in a police car. And and you were like, oh, yeah, she's a chip off the old old block. And I was like, oh, I would be mortified if my kids text me and said, Mom, I've been taken wherever, whatever the anywhere in a police car i would have been mortified and wouldn't know i actually had to deal with it and obviously you, it wasn't a big deal for you or for her she hadn't done anything wrong but um i was like yeah is is it is she like that because of or what she's been around or is she just like that because she's that character i mean she's adorable but what what are your thoughts on that nature nurture thing
1: i think i mean it is it's not 100% either. I mean, she does have my characteristics and my personality through and through. And she was away a little while ago, and she sent me a video of these three lunatics jumping off a massive cliff into the sea. I said, would you ever do that, sweetheart? She went, Dad, I'm the one in the middle. I'm like, oh, my God, you are. So she's got that risk-taking nature. She, when you get a group of people, there's always one that's just going to go that little bit further than everyone else. That's her. And I think I gave her the confidence. I mean, the one thing I've always said to her is don't live life by society's rules. Live life by your rules. So, you know, don't leave school, go to college, get a job and do the normal mundane nuclear family thing. If you want to travel, see the world, see the world, but live life on your terms, not by what society does. And if it means breaking the rules, break the rules, but do it cleverly. You know, you don't want to get thrown out of countries like I have. You don't want to get banned from places. So, but you use your brain. But, yeah, break the rules and live your life on your terms. And, yeah, you, you know, she's overseas. She's doing exactly that. She's having the time of her life.
0: And that is the phrase that you have just summed up because I'm, don't break the rules, do what everyone expects of you, don't ring and say you've been arrested, don't ring and tell me you've given... But I also have... A daughter and a son who you you know and my son is yeah he's the he lives on the edge
1: he certainly does
0: but he the minute does. <laughs> the minute he uh calls me and tells me the police are involved that's a whole different ball game right there because I would not know what to do so um yeah it's a really it's really interesting that you know the differences and what was the incident with the police car again Oh, that, we honestly,
1: we'd gone up to see some friends in the middle of nowhere. It was a Sunday night um, in a small English village in the middle of nowhere. And we've all got, we've gone to the local pub, all got uh, back to my friend's house, got drunk, fell asleep. And she decided she didn't want to go to sleep, she wanted to find a party. So she's just gone out on her own. She's, yeah, she would have been about 18 at the time, wandering around this little village and the cops pulled up because... Thinking you know, there's nothing and she goes, they said, like, what are you doing? And she's like, I'm looking for a party. And they're like, Oh, for fuck's sake, get in. Where are you staying? So it was it was that I think they were just looking at her thinking, she's not a criminal, she's a fucking idiot. And she came back and I was laughing my head off about it, but um, but that's that's the kind of yeah. thing that yeah, you know that she'd do that I'd do is like, yep, yeah, don't want to finish partying, there's gotta be a party somewhere.
0: Exactly like her dad. But I just want to go backwards to, you talked about, you know, going to, I think it was New Jersey when she was 11 and the big guy gave her a hug and, you know, that she realized that these were not normal people and I'll ask her why and how that happened. But um, also we talked about it yesterday. You know, people will say, look at, and this is a conversation I had with Harrison, you know, my son, he's got tattoos and I'm like, regardless of what, you think or how cool you think they are, society will make a decision, uh, their own, because it's society, you know, they'll look at you covered in tattoos and they'll make a decision about who you are as a character. But um, we were talking yesterday about if I ever got in trouble or I needed anything, you would be the person that I would go to. There's a loyalty and a trust and a relationship between us, it's it is a it's like they're on amongst thieves, but it's you are the person that I know I could go to and trust, probably because of your background. Is yeah. that the same as it was? I mean, you met bad guys, and like you said, you you don't want your daughter involved in that world. But I remember when you went home for the for that guy's funeral, and you said, "I have to go home for him. He served time for me." Yeah. So is it the same with your daughter? Like you've got a band of what society would consider bad people, but they would have her back and your back in an instant because of who they are and your connection.
1: You you know what? It's kind of you see, you know, you hear about this honour amongst thieves and, you know, when you have like these organised crime, these associations, the brotherhood and everyone's there for everybody else, what a load of fucking bollocks is every man for himself. And people, and on, the, on the outside, um, you know, we're, we're all together. I'll die for my friends. In, re- in, in reality, no, nah, they're, they're all selfish fuckers. And uh, a lot of these people will stab their mates in the back to get that next, that next step up. I mean, a lot of the things I did, I did completely alone. Um, and when I was associated with some other people, I still had my own things going, and you know I didn't get them involved in my things um, because the things I had with other people, you're just asking for trouble. i always work better. But who would
0: who would you if your daughter was in trouble? Who would you call? Uh,
1: I've got some. I've got some really really good close friends. I've got yeah a couple of friends, close friends that are very bad people. And a couple of friends that are really nice people that are just, yeah, normal working-class civilians. It would be a mixture of of those. Right. But, like I say, most most organisations, yeah, on the inside, it's never as cut and dry as what it looks on the outside.
0: Despite his criminal background and less-than-conventional lifestyle... Chris has made parenting as much of a priority as any good father. In some ways, his involvement with the criminal underworld has given him a unique insight as to how to protect his daughter from the many predatory situations that all kids face. He definitely lives by his own code, but that hasn't stopped him from raising a wonderful young woman that loves him very much. On next week's episode, we'll continue the conversation with Chris's daughter, Robin, get her unique perspective on what it was like growing up in this kind of environment, and talk about the many ways her upbringing was very different from that of my kids. Until next time, I'm Nina Hobson, and this has been Codename Siren.